Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. That song actually goes with the message today. Y'all, today I am going to talk to you about my biggest struggle in life. And it's always been my biggest struggle in life. It is not that I'm awesome. That's not the biggest struggle. It is a difficult sometimes struggle in life. It's something that whenever I talk to Wendy about it, she, I said, hey, you know, what's my biggest struggle? And she was thinking, and I was like, don't you think it would be this? And she goes, oh, yeah. I said, well, you didn't have that be in, that emphatic about it. But it is the truth. It is my biggest struggle. And I tell you guys, some here today are going to struggle with what I'm going to talk about today. The question that we're going to ask today, you're going to really, really identify with the question I'm going to ask today. Now, interesting, Philippians, most misunderstood and misquoted scripture in the Bible. Here is Philippians chapter 4. It'll be behind me, starting in verse 10. It says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. Now, he is talking to, he is talking to churches in the Bible. And it's really supported him. It's really helped him out. And so he is writing from jail, by the way. He's writing from jail in chains as he's chained there. He's actually speaking this and someone else is writing it down for him. And the letter is going to go to the Philippians. And he says, how I pray to have the chance to help me. And then it goes on and says, not that I was ever in need. All right. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. And here you go. I know how to live on almost nothing or full stomach or an empty with plenty or little and then here's the most misquoted in scriptures for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength now most of the time we see that for I can do everything and we think well that means that I can go and be a great sports athlete do you know what he's saying here he's saying this I've had a lot and I've had a little I've been through struggles and I've been through happy times I've been bad and I've been good all kind it sounds like a country song doesn't it I've been bad and I've been good and I got my dog back no it, it does it's Sounds like kind of strong. But he's saying this I have found what secret can hint in all things because of Christ. That's what he's saying. I have found the secret, is what he says. So here's the question I have for you Will I ever be, will I ever be content? Now it's interesting because. Paul writes specifically here in Philippians, and he says, I have found the secret to living. That, that's what he says. I have found the secret to living this joy-filled life. I have found the secret of life. And then he goes on to say this, the secret situations, the secret is being content. In all situations. Why can't we find contentment? Why can't we find contentment is my question. Why can't we find, can't be content with what it is? Now, I, wanna, I don't want you to be confused here, all right? Being discontent isn't whenever you want to better yourself in some way. That's not what I'm talking about. Being discontent is not whenever it ends up biblically with what God says, with what God's Word says. That's not discontentment. I'm not talking about that at all. 
But I got to be honest with you and tell you that James tells it better than anyone in his blunt, the way he tells it so bluntly. And it describes our culture today. Can we bring up James? I think James came and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. Let's stop right there. Now, I'm not saying someone would kill over an iPhone, double, triple, whatever, whatever. I don't know what number they're on now, but whatever iPhone it is. I'm not saying someone would kill. Someone wanted uh, money and an iPhone so bad that they went into a church's bank account and stole over $6,000 to get it. That was us. <laughs> they stole $6,000 from us. We got the money back. But it doesn't matter. They still did those things. They did things. But can I tell you something? The majority of the time, we are discontent. We are not found content in ourselves, and it has little to do with the item that we want. Are you with me? It has little to do with the new house. It has little to do with the cell phone. You know how I know that's the case? Because I was go out of cool. Are you with me? Cell phone. Oh, man, that's awesome. Oh, it does it. The next old. I mean, it's totally out of... Except, we know what always ticks me off is when you wait and wait and wait, and you finally get that car you've always wanted, and then the next year they change the model to something much cooler and better. And, you know, are you with me? Are you with me on that? I'm sure. Am I the only one? Why is it? Why is it? James says this. James says, listen, you fight. It's things you can't get. And you, you can't get it, so you covet other people having it. And it kind of ticks you off because you're like, oh, man, I want it. But can I tell you something? Contentment walks through with you what contentment is. Here's the first thing contentment is. Are you ready? I hope you got your pen, piece of paper ready. Contentment is this. Contentment is a learned state of mind. It's okay. Because it just means that you haven't learned the state of mind that it takes to be content. Contentment is not something that comes easy for us. Do you know how I know? Because Adam and Eve, or whatever the fruit was. The Bible doesn't tell us what fruit it was, by the way. But that's what they wanted. They still wanted it. Contentment is a learned state. Verse 12, I think I have that. Philippians 4 verse 12 says this, I know how to live in almost nothing, almost everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. It is a learned, it is a learned situation. So let me ask you a question. A lot of times we say things like, you know what, if I could just get this job, everything would be great. If I could just get this car, oh, everything would be great. If I could just get this or that, oh, everything would be great. Let me ask you a question. The Israelites in Numbers chapter 11, the Israelites, there's a story about them. They were in slavery for over 400 years. Now think about that for a second. That means they're going all the way up through until finally the day of deliverance came 400 years later. They come out of, of, of Egypt. They go into to the, uh, to the desert, and they're in the desert. In Numbers chapter 11, it has a little scriptures crazy. Not because, you know, it's too hot. They're complaining. They said, man, we used to sit around pots of meat in Egypt. Man, we used to sit around. It was so incredible in Egypt. Oh, my gosh, I remember when it was so awesome in Egypt. We need to go back. They didn't sit around pots of meat. They had forgotten their experience and how bad it was. You know, a lot of us do that. And I, I hate to say this, but a lot of us do that with our spouses. A lot of us do. A lot of us get into a relationship. Then 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 years later, you've forgotten how that was. And you don't treat your spouse the same way as you did before. And a lot of people may think, man, it may be better. 
It may, you know, maybe it's just better, man. Maybe I need to be by my dumpster fire. I'm mostly talking to the men here. You were a dumpster fire, okay? I've seen your old pictures. You did not know how to dress. You didn't. You didn't. Neither did I. Or do I? I don't know what you think. But listen, was all over their marriage. They forget how it was before they did not have a job. They forget what it was like before they did not have the particular car they're driving. Can I tell you something? Somewhere right now, as we sit here, the altars are what? There are people that are praying for a job just like yours. Do you know that? There are people that are praying for a spouse just like yours. And no, I don't want your cell number that you can just take yours. There are people, listen, when you're driving into work, there are people beside you on those lanes when you're driving in. There's people beside you that are, have been praying for the car that you're driving. Do you know that? people that are praying for a car just like the one that you have. I got my master's degree in education when I was around 31 years old, and I really wanted to go teach. I wanted to go teach. It's kind of what I do. I love doing it. I still love doing it. It's what I do today. I'm not a preacher. I'm a teacher, and I love teaching. I could just get a job anywhere in West Tennessee. Even if it was near Memphis, I would, I would do that. And there were jobs, you know, way down. I remember thinking, man, if I could just do this, if I could do this, and the amazing thing happened is I got a job 25 minutes away down to the job. Now, I know that seems like no time for here in Atlanta, but in West Tennessee, 25 minutes is a long commute to work. I know it's shocking, but it is. And so I was, you know, I, I decided I was not ever going to do that. Here, to learn how to be content. Here's why. Because when you are not content, you are telling God, your provision for me right now in this point in my life is not good enough. God, you're, that's what they were saying in the desert. Needs being taken care of. And they were saying, you know what, God, we would rather go back into bondage than, 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 than eat this manna anymore. When you are not content, when you are not content, you're are saying, saying your God, what you gave to me is insufficient. That's what you're saying. You know, none of us, none of us, I don't know if there's anything worse than an ungrateful kid. Are you poor into, and they just don't appreciate it. There's honestly nothing more heartbreaking. Grateful kids here. And I'm not talking about, are you with me? I want you to know this too. Contentment, and this is so big. Gosh, this is so big. Contentment isn't found in God's creation. It's found in God. Are you with me on that? In God. Let me ask you a question. Do you really think that God is going to allow you to experience contentment with something that He created or with Himself? Do you really think that God, those goings are going to pass away and they're going to die? In, in Ecclesiastes, the last, one of the last verses says this. I want to look at it on the screen. I think we have it. It says, this is Solomon talking, and he's gone through all these things, man. He's saying, listen, I've had all these wraps up the book. He says, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. And that's it. Fear God. What literally mean? Listen, I feared my dad, okay? But I didn't fear my dad was going to come hurt me. I feared my dad out of respect.
I, my dad had his place. What Solomon is saying is put God where he belongs and follow his commands. That is, that is the whole story. You will, you will begin to learn. You will learn how to be content. Today, guess what you're doing today? You are learning, you are learning how to be content. Today, right now, as we sit here, everything you that we are. It goes against our sinful nature. But the truth of the matter is, is that we have to learn to be content. And contentment, contentment is not found in God's creation. It's found in God. In God. That's why Paul said, through who? Through Christ, who gives me the strength to do it. I can do all things through Christ, not through my own will. I'm just going to decide this house is good enough for me. No, you have to connect with God, and that's the next thing. Contentment is the open. And I told you, it's one of my biggest struggles. Some days I win, some days I lose, but you show me people that are discontent, and I can show you people that are not connected in with God. I can show you. You show me people that are always complaining, and I can tell you, hey man, as a matter of fact, do this in three weeks, because when they're not, there's a constant complaining. There's a constant griping. There's a constant grumping. Whenever they are connected in, though, they have a whole different perspective. They're allowing that. Why is that? Well, because they're overflowing. The closest amazing to me, if I told Rodney and Shannon, if I said, hey, listen, you guys are going to have to go and you're going to have to live in this hotel for a year, all right, here in Noonan. Here in Noonan, you're going to have to go and you're going to have to live in this hotel that they stayed in down there. They'd be like, dude, what? <laughs> I've got a nice house over mission. They were sent on mission. And if this happens every mission trip I've ever been on. I'm sent on mission and I, I have experienced things with people. There are places that I have slept that I would never sleep here. Ever. But I go there and I sleep out as in my life. When I get closer to that, everything else falls away. And the love I have for, for God, it literally all the other things falls away. And I can say, you know what? I don't care if it is a door that came off an RV. I'll sleep here and be happy. Because you get close to God like that, all those needs and desires, they all fall away. And then something crazy usually happens. God ends up giving you things anyway that's better than what you wanted to begin with. Are you with me on that? Are you with me on that? That's exactly what happens. Let me tell you, whenever I let you know, and I met, my, I, I met Wendy uh, out there, and when I met her, I was like, woo, what's up? And so I met her, and, and she, uh, she thought the same thing too, <laughs> except she was like, woo, what is up? Uh, literally, I, I was very interested in her, and so I would come back, and this is really bad, and I hope nobody's watching where I used to work but on Facebook, but um, uh, I was so interested in her. I worked in a call center. It was a crisis line. Right, and the crisis line, like, you know, you know, hello, you know, he was like, oh gosh, I think I'm gonna kill myself, and I was like, oh well, you don't want to do that, and I was talking to him and stuff, and all of a sudden the other line started started calling, and I knew it was Wendy calling me because she could call me one eight hundred, y'all. That was back before cell phones were for, you know, they had unlimited unlimited long distance, and so it was like, you know, I'm gonna call me at nine o'clock, and so the phone start ringing, so I am sitting here and I have a choice, I've got a suicidal guy on this phone. And I've got my, my hope, my, the girl that I want to talk to on this phone. So I did what any good godly man did. A guy on hold. And you know what the craziest thing was? He was like, sure, man, I'll hold. <laughs> and he held. 
And I said, hey, I'm talking to the suicidal guy. Give me five minutes. And so I went back and I was like, hey, how are you, you know? And suddenly, you know, and we talked and I finally got the phone with her. Used to the time. I'd go, I know you guys are not saying, if I ever have major issues, don't call Pastor Barry. He'll put me on hold. But no, listen, I had, I, I really, really, I, I had been talking to her for about a month and I wanted to go back and visit. So I went back up to visit. Now, the first time I went to visit, I didn't know her. The second time I knew exactly who she was. I knew saw that whole group, but I didn't see Wendy. And I started talking to everybody, and in the back, I'm talking to everybody, but in the back of my mind, and I'm like, where the, where the heck's Wendy? You know what I mean? Where is, where is she at? And so I'm talking to everybody, and all of a sudden, she comes around. Now, I figured out later that she had went to the bathroom to make sure she was really... Anyway, so she, she didn't care if anyone else was around. There was a closeness. We were, we, were, we were communicating here, and I was totally focused in, and everything else fell by the wayside. I've heard this said before. You need to, you need to marry someone that you would, you would stay with under you need to make sure that that's who you're with because nothing else matters. Other things don't matter. Nothing matters. Why? Because when you're close to people, when, you are con- when you're so close, overwhelming, and that's how it is with God, when you have a close relationship with God and you connect with Him on a daily basis, your contentment level rises through the roof and your discontent falls away. Because those spouts don't miss. But, and I hope they don't mind me sharing this, but Rod, Rodney, Rodney and Shannon, uh, I think they spent $2,600 or $3,200. I don't know what it was. But it was a large amount of money to go on this trip so that they could go down there. And all of that money went toward building churches. All of that money went toward helping people. We know it didn't go to the hotels that Lynn was showing. All of that money to, went toward that. Why would they do that? Well, because when you love God, that much, you do things, you do things, and you're content with everything else. I want you to know that, and I want you to understand that. Because here's is it literally is part of the foundation of your spiritual life. And I didn't know whether to put contentment is the foundation or is part of, because I haven't worked that a large portion of the concrete in your in your spiritual life. It is. It is. Contentment is part of your spirit. If you find yourself being discontent, you need to check. You need to check where you are spiritually with God. Doesn't mean, listen, it doesn't mean that you can't want to talk about is like James says, is constantly looking for that next thing. Because what you end up finding out is what Solomon found out. I've had all these things in my life and the only thing that mattered, the only thing that mattered was to draw close to God and to serve Him. He says this, and I'll close on this. Seek first the kingdom and whose his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What things? Contentment, joy, energy, to find and to begin to learn how to be content. Will I ever be content? Well, that's between you and God. But I can tell you, he's already made his move. Now it's time for yours. Let's pray. This is so bad this week. Thank you so much, God, that you give me sermons to preach when they're really to myself. Lord, I just pray that you would, God, that you would do huge things in the life of these people. Don't let them leave here life and, and always looking through the negative and always, maybe there's some people here that have that situation. God, I just pray that today touch them. I pray that not me, but your word, what your word was that it touched them, and that they need to draw close to you up in their spiritual life and in their daily life. 
God, I just pray that you will do work now as we sing our last song. I pray that you would do work. God, if there's people that need to come, I just pray that they would come forward and get prayed for. Nothing magical about my prayers, God. You're there right with them, and they step up. And so, God, I just pray that you would tug on hearts right now. Holy Spirit, do your work like only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and let's sing. I'll be down here in front. I don't know if you guys want to come down. You're more than welcome to join us down here on the altar. I'll be down in the front. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.